When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I've been good at Spirit. Been on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Today's guest on Talk of Champions, good friend of the pod, it's C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, linebacker, back in football, coaching and assisting coach, going to Florida. And we're going to talk all about it. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? How you feeling today? We're recording on a Wednesday, going into Thursday, the second practice of spring for Ole Miss football. Also, Ole Miss will hold its NFL Combine. It's Ole Miss Combine. But you're fired up because a big move happened in the NFL, guys. It's a big day. Andy Dalton, QB1 for your Chicago Bears. Listen... I mean, I was I was doing great until I saw that tweet. I mean, and nothing against Andy Dalton, but listen, whenever I'm hearing rumors of Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and you end up with an Andy Dalton, I mean, I get it. Andy's done okay, but like, you're going six and ten, you're going seven and nine. Like, hey, come on, guys. Like, uh, I I would like to see that. I guess I just got too hyped for for Russell Wilson. I was I was banking on that. This coming from the guy. Who last year, when we were recording this podcast and Dak Prescott went down, <laughs> said to me, Oh, Ben, don't worry. You're going to get the same production out of Andy Dalton as you get out of Dak Prescott. You know what? I feel like you've earned this. I feel like you deserve this. I, d- I told you we're going seven and nine. Similar production. Andy Dalton, QB1. That has to be the most tone deaf tweet in the NFL so far in 2021. Yeah, that's up there. That's that's you know they. What kind of response were they hoping for there? What did they think they were going to get? Um, yeah, I don't know. Chicago's brutal too. I mean, you put Chicago right up there with the Philadelphias of the world. Um, they let you have it. So that that I got I got multiple. You know, I don't have social media, so obviously I've sent this tweet by multiple people. Um, you know that that are the the fans are in. Um, you know, they're in all right now. I was right there on the cusp of sending that link to that tweet to you, but I knew (laughs) that you had many friends that were going to do that for me, and I just wanted the unfiltered reaction. So the minute we sit down to record this, before I hit the record button, you go on a tantrum, just an absolute rant upset about it. I put it this way. It's like you were going to a special midnight screening of the Avengers, and somebody steps up and says, guys, thank you for being here. A special guest one of the Avengers is here tonight, and you're thinking, oh, God, it's Iron Man. It's Captain America. And then they say, and welcoming Phil Coulson. No one's <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever going to get hyped for that. When you've got Russell Wilson floating around the rumor mill, you got Deshaun Watson floating around the rumor mill. Hell, you could even talk to me about Marcus Mariota. Right, I would prefer the Bears go get Marcus Mariota. I would rather see the Bears go take a chance again on Jameis. Maybe Cam Newton, a little Cam Newton for you. But no, no, Brad, 
I feel like you deserve this for your criticism on this podcast of me and the Cowboys and Dak. Now you get a year of QB1, the Red oh, Rocket. Man. I would have rather just keep Trubisky. He can at least run. I mean, uh, whatever. I mean, hey, listen, if you're a head coach and a GM and you know you have one year left, there's nothing like trying to win the shit with Andy Dalton. I'm excited for him. <laughs> Why not Chad Kelly? He's going to be throwing at Ole Miss Pro Day today as you're listening to this podcast. What did you think when you heard about Chad Kelly throwing on Pro Day? Well, I knew I knew somebody was going to have to throw, um, you know, especially having a wide receiver there. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it, first off, it gives them some exposure to to be able to throw in front of a bunch of teams. It's a great opportunity. And then, I mean, you got to have somebody throwing. It can't be one of the guys off your team. So, um, yeah, I, I knew somebody would come. I just I, I wasn't a little shocked that it was him, but I, I think that's awesome. I mean, that's that's good for for the guys out there that have somebody legit to throw to them. Is there an NFL future for Chad Kelly? Are we dreaming too highly here, thinking that he's going to ever make an NFL roster and make it to a starting lineup? I mean, he was on his way to starting for the Denver Broncos, and then he has his off the field incident. He was going to be the starter. Is there an NFL future for Chad Kelly? So I. So I, whenever he was making his way up, man, that's that was he looked really good in that time. And one thing you have to realize about the NFL, your opportunities are so small. Uh, they are so small. Once you get the chance to be there, start, do whatever, you have to take advantage of it. Like a Case Keenum when he went in for the Vikings that one year, he absolutely took advantage of that. And now for the rest of Case's career, he will always be able to make four to five million dollars as a backup at worst because people that's on film of him doing that good. So he made himself. And Chad Kelly was almost right there, had a little incident that that set him back. I think Chad Kelly has the talent to do it. I think he can be a quarterback, but who's going to give him a chance? Who knows, man? I mean, it's very very hard to get any kind of opportunity. Um, up around the, the even at the number two quarterback, much less the number one quarterback. So um, he's just going to have to keep pressing. I think he has the talent to do it. He showed it on film. It's just a matter of um, can there will there be some injuries at some point? Um, will he get in there? Will he get some game experience? And when he gets in there, how does he do? I mean, you get you get a very small opportunity. Once you once you blow it, it's very very hard to make your way back up to the top. You look at the Johnny Menzel. You look at a bunch of people, man. You only get one shot, and no matter who you are, it's it's the teams will not give you that second shot a lot of times. We all make the jokes about swag and all the memes. As a quarterback, absolute stud. You could make an argument that he's the best Ole Miss quarterback ever, statistically and performance-wise, on the field. And it's a shame because his senior year, he gets hurt, and that's why he tumbles to being Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft. Otherwise, yeah. going into that year, everyone was talking about how he was, at worst, a third, fourth-round pick that could work his way up into the first or second round because of the talent. So, yeah, the talent is there. It's all about can he actually get the opportunity again because I'm not sure after that off-the-field incident, like you said, the NFL, it's brutal. You have a very small window. If you don't capitalize on your window, there's no guarantee. There's actually probably a guarantee that you're not going to get another opportunity because they just move on to the next guy. You're damaged goods at that point. Same thing in recruiting. Everybody loves the next guy up. Yep. You're damaged goods once you come in and then you enter the portal, okay, what's wrong with you? If you're not one of those absolute studs that knows where he's going, because let's be honest, tampering happens everywhere. If you don't know where you're going, once you enter the portal, there's a good chance that you're going to be left without a seat at the table. Same thing with the NFL. You have a window. And if you don't capitalize on your window when you're hot, if you don't strike, you could be left without a seat. Yeah, that's that's so great. I, I can't tell you the amount of guys over the years that I've seen that are so talented and for whatever reason, man, they get in there when it's their opportunity. They don't do well, and they just like it's almost like they vanish. I'm like, well, what happened to that guy? He was really good. I thought somebody would maybe pick him up, and sure enough, a couple of years go by, and he he never shows back up. And man, team, you're right. Teams just have their list, and they you know if you're not on a lot of teams' list, and it's just you you just get the other on to the next guy. I mean, literally, it's a it's a it's a brutal business. I don't know how I survived so long, but um, yeah, I mean, it's very very small windows once you get in there versatility and you also took advantage of the window of being attached to a particular staff you hung with a particular organization they trusted you you played your role well and that's how you have longevity but you have to get to the place where they can rely on you to do something to bring value to the organization chad never got to that place he was right there though he yep. was on the cusp but you didn't provide that value so now you're still just potential 
And if you're Chad Kelly, why would I take a chance on you and your potential at 28 or whatever it is when I got 22 and 23-year-olds coming up, 21-year-olds? That's why when you look at your career, how you were able to stick so long, you found your role, you did it well, and if you do your role well, it's in any sport and in any profession for that matter. If you're good at something or if you're the best at something, somebody will pay you to be good or the best at that thing. It's no different in football, and you mastered your role. Chad just never got to that place. He was right there to where he could get that role, and then he squandered it. But now he gets a chance to throw on Thursday. I just don't know what it's going to provide him. Scouts kind of know Chad Kelly, don't they? I mean, what, what is it going to do? How can it benefit him? I guess getting face-to-face time with other organizations, yeah. that could help. Well, listen, everything you do can certainly help. I mean, just think that there, there, now, there are teams that know him, know of him, but maybe there's teams that never met him in person or never actually seen him seen him throw up close um, like they'll get a chance to at the, at the pro day. So all it takes is one team. And, and, it, and it, you know what? At the end of the day, it shows he's trying to. I mean, he, he really wants to play. He's got the talent. and Maybe maybe something tricks. They watch everything you do. It takes – I mean, I've literally seen dudes get signed off of doing something crazy, sending a video or doing whatever, um, you know, then it strikes, you know, the right person sees it and all of a sudden you get signed. So I think it's, it's beneficial and it can, he can only help himself. He can't hurt himself anymore. But maybe he meets a scout there that, that talks to him and is like, man, I really like this kid. And he goes back and he, and he sells them and, and at least get him a workout with the team. So – yeah, I mean, I, I think it can only it can only help him. He's um, he's a talented guy. I mean, I, I think you nailed it when you said that he um, you know, he just never got to that place to where where he showed what what his value was. I mean, I think he was easily working up to be a solid backup. Um, you know, whenever he was he was potentially going to start because they were they were so thin at quarterback. Well, I think he's at worst the backup. Um, you know, it, it, up in Denver, so. Um, yeah, this opportunity kind of came and got in a little trouble. And then that, um, you, you start looking at the, the past record of what happened in college, all kinds of other stuff. And they're like, well, well, he maybe gets labeled a troublemaker and maybe he's, he's probably not even a troublemaker, but you know, a couple guys, you have a couple bad issues happen to you and that's just what you get labeled and you have to just wear it. What does Elijah Moore need to do at NFL pro day for Ole Miss? What does he need to do? Well, I think he needs to run a good 40 cause he, you know, he looks quick. He's very quick. He, he, he looks like he can run on film, but I think if he goes out there and he's in the four fours, which I'm had to guess he's going to be, he's going to be in the four fours. Um, especially what's going to benefit him to benefit him too, is he's going to be on the hand, you know, hand time at the pro day. So that's usually a little bit quicker than laser. And, um, you know, he's just be in the four fours. He doesn't have to play. If he does anything better in the four fours than that, he, he's really helping himself. He's a four, three guy. He's, he's going, he's going up quite a bit. So he needs to go out there and do that. And then, um, you know, obviously be impressive in his interviews and then just run, do what he does best. That's run crisp routes and, um, you know, show he, he's got the film to back it up. He's got the most important thing and that's the film to back it up. But at pro day run Chris routes, just confirm what they see on film and he'll, um, you know, he'll, he'll be drafted, you know, fairly high. Is this the last big step or the last opportunity to make an impression Elijah Moore, Kenny Yaboa, Royce Newman, whoever else is participating on Thursday. Is this the last chance to make a really good impression with a month to go before the draft? Or do you get other opportunities after this? Yeah, so for, for a lot of guys it is. It's the last last chance if um to make an to make an impression. This was my last chance to make an impression for sure. Um the the other thing, guys that are potentially gonna be drafted, they will have teams call them. Um, it used to be when I was coming up, which it's still like this, but I don't know what COVID going on. Teams would actually fly you down for an interview. I actually, I actually got flown down to the Bucks, um, which I thought was really cool for a guy that you know wasn't particularly going to get drafted high, but I actually did get a visit, um, which which was I was extremely excited about. Um, so a lot of times they'll fly guys in, they'll do interviews over the phone, um, you know, and, and then they'll come in and do private workouts with you. Um, which luckily for me, I had Bobby who I knew was going to get drafted and he, um, had quite a few teams fly down and work him out and I always joined in with them. Um, so I think that helped me a lot too, which is why I may have had more offers, um, you know, to be as a free agent than the most because I worked out for some teams. So, um, yeah, he'll, he'll get more, the, the higher rated guys will get more opportunities. Okay. But for those that won't get those high draft pick opportunities, like an Elijah would, I don't know if Kenny Yabo would be in this group or not. But Royce Newman probably. What will the next month be then? What do you do? So I, I would argue that, that Kenny Kenny would likely be in that group. 
um, because he's one of those guys that, um, you know, he kind of came into Ole Miss, performed pretty well there that one year. I can see teams really that there may be some teams that actually want to draft him a little higher <clears throat> and they're going to want some confirmation and that they're probably going to want to bring him in for a workout and put him on the board, you know, maybe make him run some routes just to kind of be sure. Um, the guys that are getting drafted that that need the one year guys, I mean, I, I can, that, those guys get a lot of business. But if you don't, you just, um, you know, you've got to keep working out, keep doing what you do. Um, you, know, you got to stay in a, immaculate shape and then, you know, the draft will come before you know it. And then, you know, as soon as the draft happens, you have within a couple of weeks, you have um, something called rookie mini camp. And a lot of guys get invited to that. And usually about 70 guys is what it used to be get invited to that mini camp. And then they usually pick about 15 of the guys. Obviously, the draft picks are guaranteed. So you get seven, seven to eight guys that are guaranteed their draft picks. And then you have preferred free agents. Those are guys they actually give a sign-in bonus to um, to come to come be on the team. So they usually get a spot. Then there's usually about you know four or five trial guys that they pick from too. Um, so I mean, if you can get into one of those camps, you at least have a chance to to catch an eye and get signed. Here's my question. When you get cut in camp, is that it? Is it just done? You're just waiting by the phone? Um, yeah. I mean, when you get cut in camp, I, luckily that's, that never happened to me, but it happened to a lot of my friends and um, or a lot of people you get close with. Um, but, yeah, when you, I mean, when you get cut in camp, you literally go back, get your stuff, and they, if they can, they'll fly you out that day. So you're just there waiting for for. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild, man. I mean, I've literally seen now this, this is, this is, this is how brutal NFL is. And a lot of people don't know. I've seen guys get cut wearing number 74 or 75 or whatever, and then have signed the other guy and just put him right in that Jersey. So, um, that's a brutal world. I mean, they, 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 they'll literally have another dude with all your, you know, they'll have the Jersey switched out everything with the same number name. They'll switch out the name on the back. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's a quick process. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal with C.J. Johnson coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line in this edition of Talk of Champions. I have to tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue, just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. For Kenny, he just needs to run fast, and I would think the lateral stuff will matter. Yeah, for him, he just, um, you know, I, I think with him, they're, they're going to really want to interview him, kind of know his personality. They want to see what kind of kind of smarts he has in football. And then I, I think they're going to take him through a lot of blocking. I really do. I think the receiver part of his game is is fine. I think they, that, that that's going to need a little fine-tuning, but nothing crazy. I think they want to see him in a stance and see what kind of, um, you know, what kind of you know, fire off he has, what kind of strength he has, stuff like that just to see if he can be a complete tight end. Um, so I, th I think that's that's more what they're going to lean towards for them. As far as compared to expectations of these three, I think Royce is going to do the best. Yeah, he, um, he, yeah, he certainly, he's, he's going to benefit from having, he should be thankful that a guy like Elijah is there where I think it's going to draw, you know, quite a few more, more scouts. Maybe he may even get an executive and a, and a head coach there. I, I, I would, you know, I'd be interested to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to really benefit from that. But, but what also helped um, Royce was the fact that he did get to go to the Senior Bowl. Um, teams got to see him down there that week, which is, which is huge. Um, you know, from all accounts, he actually did pretty decent. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's to, and then, then, then they're going to want to see, Hey, what did he work on between the senior bowl? And now did, did he get better at some stuff? If he's smart, Royce was down there, every guy, cause they, they asked to interview you. And, you know, if, if a team, if you're interviewing with a team, they seen you practice that day, you just ask him, you know, going into NFL and maybe he takes notes. He, he's got it down pat. Hey, teams have you know consistently said, I need to get stronger hands, stronger, better feet, better, you know, better at the zone, whatever. 
Well, he goes out there and works on that stuff, and he comes to pro day and looks like he's been actually working on it. And uh, maybe he's talked to a scout, maybe the same scouts there that he talked to at the Senior Bowl. Um, just little stuff like that is what can really help him. It's the second day of spring football practices. They worked out in a helmet and shorts and shirts, so you don't really read too much into that. But what's going on right now in spring football practices? Um, well, right now, if I had to guess that everybody's pretty darn sore, I mean, those, even though you're not in pads, those first couple of days of any kind of football stuff, your neck sore, um, you know, their, their heads, some of the guys heads are probably spinning, um, probably going a little, little fast for them, especially some of the young guys. I seen a picture of MJ Daniels. I'm just like everybody else. I only see pictures and, uh, I could just see the look in his eyes. It just looked like, wow, this is fast. <laughs> so um, I mean, it, it, yeah, that, that, that's typically the first couple of days of shaking off some rust and then, you know, kind of getting ready for that first day of pads, which I think is this Saturday. The thing that I took away most from Tuesday was Lane Kiffin saying the depth chart was in pencil. We know that's not the case for quarterback, but everywhere else, I think that you can make a case, for example, at tackle, Jeremy James is playing right tackle right now. Well, that's not necessarily the case. They just want to see him there, see how he looks. Same thing with defensive backs, moving them around, find the best 22 and get them on the field. So if you're Jacor Pearson, the Western Kentucky transfer, well, now you have every bit the opportunity as Braylon Sanders or anybody else. The only person that was guaranteed anything last year was Elijah Moore. Well, the only person that's guaranteed anything this year, 100% is Matt Corral. So I thought that was the most interesting thing because it told me that they're going to experiment, and that's usually what you get in the spring. Yeah, well, if you look at Lane Kiffin and his style, he's going to be very – I don't think he ever really releases what the depth chart's actually going to be. Um, you know, he, I think he's going to be around the bush, even though people know Matt Krause going to be there. Obviously, that's going to be the case. But I think the whole time he's going to play it off as, hey, you know, none of these guys are actually starters. Um, and, and that's – I mean, it's a smart move. I mean, you don't, don't want to give away anything. Every little comp- competitive advantage you can get, get it. Um, but yeah, I think that he doesn't, um, I think he obviously in, in the spring, that's what you do. I mean, you do experiment with a lot of different people. Um, you know, you, you kind of move guys around. This is something he didn't get to do last year, which is, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see how impressive our team can be when they actually have a spring to learn their guys and, and start moving guys around into positions. And you never know, you may find a guy that, that can actually play receiver really good that you had on defense or whatever it's by, it's all over the place. But yeah, I think he's going to experiment, but at the end of the day, I don't think he really ever comes out and says, you know, who's who I think he, he's going to make, make you get to the first game before you have a real idea of who, who the guys are. If you had to pick one player to have a good spring, who would you pick? I would say probably Mingo. I, w- I would go Mingo or Drummond. I, I think that, um, I don't want one of those players to have a, you know, a really big spring that kind of gets their confidence going. And then, um, you know, we need a number one target. We need a, we need a receiver to step in and be that, be that guy. So it, it would help big time going forward, but I, I would like to see one of the receivers have a big spring. Defensive lineman doesn't stick out to you. Yeah. D line, D line that, I mean, that those guys obviously need to get better, all of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly, I certainly think, you know, having a Sam Williams, I mean, he's, he's more than capable, um, you know, so the new Juco guys, the two new Juco guys having a good, having a good spring. I'd like to hear that. Hey, they, they actually, you know, came in and were making plays and look good in, in SEC talent and SEC setting. But, you know, for the most part, man, I mean, receiver really, um, is, is a, is a position that, um, you know, you think when Lashmore went out, I mean, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the most productive looking, looking group after that. I mean, we had some, we had some people make some plays, but it wasn't quite like it was when we had a more out there. You know who this is a big spring for? Your boy, Snoop Connor, Jerry on is hurt. It's a prove it year to where when Jerry on comes out, it's not Henry Parrish first, which is the way it became towards the end of the year. Yeah. I see, I seen a picture of Snoop and he looked yoked, man. I mean, it looked like he'd been doing some, doing some good work. Um, oh, yeah, he's, Snoop! He's, That's you. Yeah, Snoop's and Snoop's really good, and, and I have confirmation that 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 they do like him. I mean, that that they like Snoop a lot. And oh, breaking news! Breaking news! Bradley Sal reporting: the Ole Miss coaches like Snoop Connor. Yeah, no, I think they I think they like him a lot. Um, I thought you would say carry. something like, "Man, Ben, you're a jerk," but you did nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to give away anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they like him, they, they, they want him here. They like, they like the way he runs. Um, he's just, it's just a matter of, you know, overall fit. And we have quite, you know, with, with Ely Parrish, I mean, there's, they have some guys and it, with, um, 
with Ely being out though, Snoop will get all the carries this spring, and uh, I expect him to be, um, you know, be be a big part of Ole Miss next year. Lane Kiffin said he's not going to have a conversation with John Rice Plumley until the summer after baseball is over. Right now, John Rice is going into the quarterback meeting rooms. We don't expect that to stick, assuming that he's a part of Ole Miss football next year. I don't even think there's going to be a decision anymore. I think at this point, it's pretty well assumed that he's coming back. He's just going to have to bite his lip, swallow his pride a little bit, and play wide receiver, and do it well like he did in the Outback Bowl. Yeah, I think you're going to see um, – I think there's a potential that you see exactly what what he did this past year. I mean, I think I think he may be still the backup quarterback. And, um, you know, and then coming in there and doing kind of the same stuff he did this year, um, that, that would be my guess. But, you know, I, him fully moving to receiver, I think that that would be smart. But I, I just don't um, – I don't know. I mean, I, it will be interesting to see what happens with it. But, yeah, Kiffin definitely said that he's not um, going to make any or make any decisions on, on Plumlee until, until he's back in football. So um, it would be interesting to see what happens. The first time you get to go out there for a Saturday scrimmage, is there anything in particular? Do you got a checklist of things that you want to see? Um, I just want, I mean, I just kind of want to see the overall scope of the team. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've been around a lot of really good teams. I've been around a lot of really good players. I just kind of want to see the, I mean, I, I had, I, I have, did not see them live in any kind of practice, any kind of, um, you know, anything. I mean, just like everybody else. I think once I go put my eyes on them and can kind of watch everybody move around, watch the bounce, look at the actual size, I think I'm going to have a much better opinion of of the guys and of what kind of team we have once I can see them live and kind of see each guy and you know kind of form my opinion off that because right now I only I only see them on Saturday in in, a, in an Ole Miss uniform you know out there playing in a game you make judgments off the game but if I can go in there and kind of see the talent I'll I'll know pretty quickly what kind of sec team we actually have the one thing that is encouraging is defensively they have a lot more bodies so just by default they should be a little bit better i don't know if necessarily they're going to be all that much better because i have my questions about dj durkin i think he's good but still with so many more options defensively i think that last year maybe toss in the trash can and then start judging DJ Durkin and defensively the scheme what it looks like they got as long as they got a full cover which it looks like they got now now we can start judging whether or not DJ Durkin in this scheme is going to work with this offense paired with this offense that's going to go fast and score points really quickly absolutely have to have some kind of improvement this year I mean um he got the pass this year DJ Durkin he got the pass of hey um you know this is you know, talent-wise, I, I mean, we didn't. We, we seriously, we, we didn't have as that much talent on defense. I mean, we we had we, we did not have the depth that that most teams we played had. So, yeah, he certainly gets that um, gets that going for him. I, I, and I don't think that you expect this defense to go from what we had last year to dominant. That's unrealistic expectation. But I think Durkin knows, Kiffin knows that that there needs to be a step um, this year. That that they need to be you know a better defense. They, they, they need to to go into games and, you know, maybe improve on some of the stuff that, that they were really bad at last year. So, I mean, he, he's, he's been around long enough. He knows, I mean, that, that they know it has to get better. And, um, you know, I, I would fully expect them to be better this year. My question is, is it a no excuses year? And I only ask this, it might sound absurd initially, but hold on. I only ask this because think about it. Jake Springer, the Navy transfer, he's eligible now. Then you look at how heavy they went with defense in the recruiting class, and eight of the 18 early enrollees are in the defensive backfield. Markevious Brown, Elijah Sabatini, Tysheem Johnson, Kendrick Breedlove. You've already talked about MJ Daniels, Dink Jackson, Trey Washington, DeMarco Williams. And then the number one and number two JUCO defensive tackles that they signed, the two best defensive tackle JUCO signees in the country, in Jamon Gordon and Isaiah Eiton. Is it a no excuse here as far as you have to be in that middle pack at least. No, I, I think we're one year away from the no excuse thing. I think that um, I think I think we're, we, we should expect to see some improvement. We should we should we definitely have some playmakers, but there, there there's no sure thing on the D line yet. And I think that that you give these guys one more cycle added in with with what we got this past year, and I think you're at the point of no excuses. We have enough viable body, liable bodies out there that, that can, um, 
you know, go out there and make plays. So I think we're still one year away from that, but I think you, you certainly expect to see some, some improvement um, talent wise and, and just, uh, just overall performance. You kind of hit exactly where I'm at with every coach, head coach, defensive coordinator assistance is different because those cycle out far more quickly and more often than offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and head coaches. But every single one of those major positions for a football staff need three years, unless it's an absolute train wreck like it was with Wesley McGriff. Okay, absolutely move on. I get it. But DJ Durkin was Wesley McGriff-ish last year. Maybe not that bad, but it wasn't that far off. But I give him a pass because the defensive talent just wasn't there. But now you have an influx of talent. It's young talent, except on the defensive line with Eiton. Uh, and Jamon Gordon. Otherwise, you're pretty much hoping that you have a couple of freshmen step up and be every bit as good as their recruiting ranking, like a Tysheem Johnson, who was a four-star, or Dink Jackson, who was a four-star. The only way this defense really takes a step is if Momo Sonogo, Jacquez Jones, Sam Williams is every bit the edge rusher that we thought he was going into the year last year. Keydron Smith takes a step, and I don't know if it's possible for him, but I think he could be an all-league caliber performer. I think he's got the body type. I think he's got the playmaking skills, and I think he could take the biggest jump of anybody as far as draft stock for next year. Three years, it should be the standard issue for all these coaches to begin with. But especially at Ole Miss right now with DJ Durkin, you got to give last year a pass. And this year, you start to figure out whether or not it's headed in one particular direction. At least we'll know where the direction is. But if you're looking for improvement, how they're going to make the jump, the guys that are returning that maybe didn't give you exactly the production you needed, or there was just you didn't have enough talent, which you didn't on the defensive line. Now you got it. Now let me see what you can do. Those guys got to be good. But now. I've supplemented the talent. Where's the direction? This is the year where you evaluate where the direction is. The biggest jump has to come from the returning guys. Yeah, agreed, man. I mean, yeah, I think that that you certainly, if you see, if we go out there this year and our defense is just, then you're right. You get to evaluate the direction. But I don't expect that to happen, man. I think, you know, as you're naming guys, I'm getting more and more comfortable. I'm thinking, hey, we actually got some <clears throat> some some pretty decent bodies coming back. Um, that that are going to benefit from getting that another year. A couple and then, more: Dean we, Leonard, Tavius Robinson, DeAndre Prince. I don't really count as a newcomer because he started as a freshman at Ole Miss. I don't know what you're getting out of him, but whatever, you're going to get something. Otis Reese having a full year of Otis Reese, and then Jake Springer is eligible. I don't know how good Jake Springer is going to be. And then you got the Maryland uh, transfer, that linebacker. That, is he, yeah, is he is he enrolled yet? No, Maryland he's not kid? coming in until the summer. But the point still okay. stands. These guys have actually produced at a high level. Other guys have done this. Otis Reese, DeAndre Prince, to an extent. So you do have returning guys that started for you last year, and also guys that have had experience at the D one level. You have a chance to take a step. But this isn't the year of no excuses. Still, I want to know: Is it turning around? Can I be optimistic? And if I can be optimistic, okay, all good. That's a success. If you finished in the 120s in a couple of categories last year, finish in the 80s. That doesn't sound like too much of a tall order. That doesn't sound like such a big ask. No, absolutely not. If if Ole Miss can seriously be a respectable somewhere in the 50s or 60s range. Oh, my God. We'll have a chance to win every single game, and it won't even be close because our offense will be in the top 10. Just from a schematic standpoint, um, you know, just for overall talent-wise, they're, they're going to be they're going to perform very similar to the to the year before, and that they even did once losing you know two draft picks. Um, so the offense is going to be there. I fully expect that if that defense can make a make a real a real jump, um, I, I think we would be absolutely dangerous team. When's your birthday? June sixth. I got you an early birthday present. Andy Dalton is your quarterback one. Congrats! I didn't even have to wrap it for you. I'm so excited. Just for you. Will you, will you give me an Andy Dalton jersey? Oh, I swear to God I will get you an Andy Dalton jersey. I will make that happen. Send me a Cowboys one. Okay, you know what would be the best thing? I got a buddy of mine. I don't know how he does it, but he's great at sending off pictures to get signed by a number of different athletes across all sports. I got a Phil Mickelson hanging on my wall. I don't know how he does it. What I'm going to get him to do, you know where I'm going, is send off for an Andy Dalton signed picture. Just for Brad, too, Brad, my number one fan, Andy Dalton. Well, me, well, me and Andy have the same agent, so I could probably get a hold of Andy pretty quickly. Um, I certainly respect him. I just, um, 
I, I, I guess I was just so hyped about Russell Wilson. And, and I'm telling you, there's some guys that seriously believe they're getting Russell Wilson. I mean, like sending out all these theories, there's all these conspiracies going around Chicago, um, about Russ, you know, different, different stuff going on. So they are pretty hyped about Russ to get Andy Dalton. I, I mean, <clears throat> I was hoping like getting Russ with Andy Dalton, backing him up, but, um, you know, I guess we got Andy Dalton. We'll roll with it. You deserve this. You deserve this for all that hate you threw at me in the middle of last year when I was trying to mourn the loss of my franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. You threw it all at me. You deserve this. You deserve the red rocket. What's going to be funny is when Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott have the exact same record next oh, year. God, Yeah, because one player is the reason why a team finishes a particular record. Because the Bucks didn't bring in Tom Brady and just stop at Tom Brady. Anyway, Jamin Brakefield previously of Duke, former Ole Miss basketball recruit that they pursued heavily a couple years ago, has entered the transfer portal. I'll simply say, this is one to keep an eye on, and I'll leave it at that. Because a lot's about to happen for Ole Miss basketball recruiting. we got to get to C.J. Johnson. We can't make this the Andy Dalton power hour. As much as I would love to. I feel like I'm doing a stand-up routine <laughs> at Brad's expense, but I need to stop. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes, and when you do... Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Ben's a jerk. Ben's an asshat. Cool. Five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive lineman and linebacker. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. Let's hear from B&A Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, linebacker, good friend of the program. Hey, buddy, what's up? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm good, man. What are you up to right now? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, getting ready to head down to Florida. What's in Florida? Oh, uh, well, I just got a new job down there. Um, I go down and coach a little ball um, down at American Heritage uh, in Delray, so I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, yeah. You've been waiting for another opportunity. How'd this come about? Uh, well, man, a good friend of mine, uh, me and him worked together down at FAU. Um, I was down there with Lane his first year there. Um, and uh, he hit me up, said that uh, they had been looking for a defensive coordinator. I actually had a few people uh, that applied for the job. One guy actually you know, got got the job, accepted the job, and then they never heard from him again, which I thought was pretty weird. Um, and so he gave me a call, and then you know a couple of weeks later, it's down to me and a few more people, and uh, I was able to get the job. How did you sell them? Did you sit down and break down philosophy? What is C.J. Johnson's defensive coordinator philosophy? Uh, well, the main thing that um, I wanted to, you know, really emphasize to him um, without, you know, having never met Coach Martinez before the head coach, uh, was just letting him know that the number one priority 
Um, for me to be a good defense, you have to know what to do. Um, that's the first thing, being structurally sound, front to back, uh, back to front, you know, making sure that everything that we do, uh, we're always fundamentally sound. And the second thing is just tackle. Um, you know, you can't be a great defense without tackling um, and getting people to the ground um, and not missing a lot of tackles. And then the third thing is just playing hard. Uh, you know, I, I, I play the game hard. I've always coached the game hard. Um, so being able to get you know, guys to play hard has never been, you know, really been an issue. Well, I'm happy for you because I know you've been seeking that next opportunity. And it just shows, in your case, and you're not the only one, many, many coaches go through this. When you go to a school, maybe the staff change happens, whatever might happen, coaches, you're constantly having to move and try to find the next stop. What have you learned um, as you've had this time to kind of figure out your next step about this profession that you've chosen for yourself? Um, really, the main thing um, is that, you know, you always need to uh, to be able to have a really good circle of people um, that can help you when you are looking for the next uh, for the next job. Um, you know, cause like you say, you know, things happen in this business, um, you know, and uh, it, it's kind of unfortunate, uh, especially at the high school level uh, and at the junior college level, so much turnover with coaches. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I say, you just have to have a great network of coaches um, and people that you trust. I have found out uh, the coaching business is just like any other profession. Um, you know, there, there, there's certain type of people that you want to stay away from and there's certain type of people that you want to make sure that you uh, build a good relationship with. So, I mean, that's that's really the number one thing I would say is just building good relationships with people and uh, and just building on that. You had your boy. You got your girl moving with you. Now you got the coaching job. You're officially you know, in the middle-aged adult ship with the rest of us, right? <laughs> yeah, man. It's kind of weird uh, having a kid and all, but uh, it's been fun, man, being a dad. I- I've done a lot of things um, football-wise and, you know, personally uh, accomplished a lot of things, but uh, being a dad is by far one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest things that I've, uh, that I've ever done, for sure. What's the first thing you're going to teach him when he's able to actually pick up on things? Well, uh, the first thing I taught him, I've been teaching him how to get in a stance. Um, he's actually pretty smart um, to be as young as he is. He, he just turned 16 months. Um, but his mom, she, she's really on it uh, and makes sure that, you know, he he tries to learn as much as he can when he's up. He's very responsive. Uh, he can count to three. Uh, he can say his ABC with certain words that he can uh, he can say back. So, I mean, just it's been fun um, trying to teach him football stuff, but I had him get down on the ground and, uh, getting a stance, he can say hut, you know, uh, get the ball, put it down, say hut. That's 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 the first thing we're trying to work on. Your past twelve months, you don't have to keep counting to months with your kid. You can just say he's one, or round up to two. At some point, you got to well, cut off the months. I figured that was like around eighteen, bro. Because I don't know like what the cutoff ahead. is. I mean, that's you an arbitrary number. Gotta, why do why aren't you gotta, and I still counting on months then? It's got to be 18 months because it's like 18, you're right there, like a year and a half. And then kind of after 18 months, like, oh, he's, he's a year and a half. He'll be two, you know, here a couple months. It's just silly. If you asked me, Ben, well, how old are you? And I said 408 months, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it would be, bro. But you know how, I don't know, I guess that's just one of the societal norms that, uh, that we all tend to keep up uh, and really kind of maintain the status quo on that one. I'm saying we don't consider the freshman year of college the 13th year. Once you hit 13 <laughs> in the months, he's a year, and you go from there. Oh, yeah. I got you. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, certain things pertain to certain, certain things. So, I mean, you know, you know, it is what it is. Does your <laughs> wife do the thing that all of our wives do where they get the chalkboard and they mark up, oh, it's month six, and here's how big he is, and he likes Cheetos and all that stuff to take pictures for social media? <laughs> no, she, she's not. She's not in all that stuff. Uh, you know, she's she's at home with him all day, 24-7. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of – she's kind of gotten to the point now where it's like she doesn't really keep up with anything and just make sure that uh, that he's sleeping um, so she can have a little time to herself. Is he a good uh, sleeper? He gets up. <clears throat> no, he's terrible. Uh, <laughs> he, he's all over he's, – yeah, he's all over the place. Uh, you may wake up, you know, have a scratch above your eye or – you know, have a cut on your lip or something like that. Uh, he's a very, very wild sleeper, but um, she uh, she does a good job. Uh, she really does. 
our kids slept with us for way too long. So just don't get into the habit of keeping them in the bed with you forever. That's my only adult yeah, advice, sure. my only parental advice. Cause look, sure. I'm an idiot. Don't listen to me about anything. But if I say one thing, it is <laughs> get them the hell out of your bed. Trust me on that one. All right. So Lane Kiffin is putting Ole Miss football through his first spring as head coach lost last spring to COVID. Obviously you spent a year with him at FAU. Is there any difference with Lane Kiffin in spring football than in the preseason and on into the season, or is he pretty much the same throughout? Oh, he's pretty much the same. Um, you know, again, I think the biggest the biggest difference in the spring um, is that there's not a big of an emphasis on, you know, getting one or two uh, so so you know so focused on playing. You know, the first and second second uh, second string guys um, in the spring, uh, he kind of really uses that time to try to uh, develop everybody, get everybody in there, uh, kind of move some guys around in different positions. Uh, that they maybe haven't played before to kind of build some depth going into the fall, so that you know your second, your second string, you know Mike linebacker, he you know he has the ability to play wheel linebacker, strong side linebacker, uh, outside linebacker, just being able to to move those guys around and really try to find the things that they do well. I think he does a really good job of that in the spring. If you had to pick one Ole Miss player to have a good spring this year, who would it be? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I would say some of the uh, some of the defensive linemen, uh, the JUCO guys. Um, I think that that those guys that came in, all the JUCO guys on defense, um, they have to come in and have a really really good spring, uh, so that they can get out there and contribute this fall. We gotta get better on defense, man. You coach JUCO ball. Why is it so difficult for junior college players to make that transition? Sometimes you have to wait on them. You had to wait on Wayne Dorsey. There are many cases where you had to wait on JUCO players to actually make their impact. Why is that? Aren't those guys supposed to be the instant impact guys? Uh, not necessarily because most of the time, uh, most I would probably say 60% of the junior college guys that you get, uh, the coaching level uh, that they've had coming from high school to junior college is totally different. Um, and then also the jump from junior college to division one is different because let's face it, some of these kids that are playing junior college football, uh, and high school football, some of them are getting to college strictly off talent. Um, and not, you know, being able to, to do some of the finer things as far as what a good, a good coach high school kid would do. Um, I use this example all the time in the state of Mississippi, um, the really, really good programs, um, in Mississippi. Um, like, you know, a West Point or an Oxford or a Starkville or Sapanola, uh, you know, or Louisville, those places, um, the coaching is probably a little bit better uh, than you would get at maybe a, a, a Mac Adams or, you know, I, mean, I don't want to throw coaches under the bus saying people on coaching, but the point I'm trying to get is that, you know, most of these kids doesn't really have a lot of coaching, even when they make the jump from junior college to Division One, is why some of them kind of struggle, struggle a lot. When you got to Ole Miss, when you arrived for the first time, did you get here in the summer? Yes, yes, yes. yes okay, for all these guys, I, I wasn't able to uh, to early enroll. These uh, they really didn't start the early enrollee stuff to like around 2013, 14. Um, so I kind of missed the boat on that. But I did try um, to graduate early uh, because my senior year of high school I didn't take a math, uh, and so I was trying to take uh, an extra English class to do for the spring. Um, to kind of get out of there and finish up my English, science, and history. Uh, try to take both of those in the fall, but they wouldn't let me do it. Well, the reason I ask is for the obvious question that what are these guys going through right now and how important and how constructive could it be for them moving forward to actually get a spring in before they start their careers? Oh, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. And that's what every junior college coach in the country is preaching uh, to their kids is that you're a lot more valuable in December than you are in February, um, and that's not that's not to throw shade at a kid as far as what his ability is or what his personality is. It's just strictly the numbers. Uh, now with that early day signing period, is that you know people might be willing to take a chance on a guy um, in December, but in February they got to make sure that you know those last few scholarships that they have um, that they're spot on. So I mean it's huge, man. Those guys getting in there um, and getting that spring under their belt. Because uh, it's huge. It's really, really, really huge. We'll jump right back to C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive lineman linebacker in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. 
the sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard, that's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. You know, this class is a lot like your class where everyone expected a lot of guys to contribute early, and a lot of guys did, but then Nick didn't right. make it, Tobias didn't make it. But I'm looking across right. your recruiting class. Dante is now, I think, with his fourth team. Mike wasn't in your class, was he? Was Mike in your hat? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Okay, Mike came later, but Mike is now on his third contract with the Bengals. Yep. Your guys are getting old, man. We're talking yeah. about being dads and stuff, but this has got to be where it starts to feel old, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's not many of those uh, 2011 guys that came out um, that are left. Matter of fact, I want to say Dante might be the only one. Um, I don't think any of us are uh, are playing ball anymore. Is Woody Hamilton is. still in the NFL? He was making yes, rosters. Like, yes. Okay. So, so yeah, how about that? Both of them came from Raleigh, and both of them are still in the NFL. But, yeah, I forgot about Woody um, and Sedaris is still playing uh, playing in the CFL. I'm not sure if he's playing this year, um, but I know up until last year, I think he had got his second contract in the CFL. Um, and I want to say that's about it, bro. Did Nick just not want to go to class? No, it wasn't the class stuff, man. It was just, you know, it was a combination of just, you know, him, his, him personally and just, you know, I, I would even say it had nothing to do with the classroom stuff. I mean, he's, he was, I mean, he'd go to class. I mean, going to class wasn't going wasn't an issue. Probably doing the work may have been an issue, um, you know, and maybe a later day here or there, you know. But what's funny is about him, I use him as an example all the time for my kids, not in a bad way, um, but in a good way. Because he was a dude, like, he was, let's say he didn't turn in an assignment on time. He had maybe had like four of them. Like, up until the last two hours, he would sit there and do it all. And most of the time, he wouldn't even need help. Um, but it was just the procrastination of waiting till the last minute to do stuff and then sometimes just completely not doing stuff at all. And then the second one was, and I'll tell Jamal most of this to his face. I mean, this is nothing I've never told Jamal before. That dude, you know, now he's doing great. I just talked to him maybe probably a year and a half ago. Uh, he's out in Texas, but he's doing great now. But when that dude was in college, Wherever he was, something was bound to happen. Something bad was bound to happen. Every single where, every single place he went, something bound to happen. We laugh about it now, um, but Jamal Moses, he was, and it wasn't him. Like he was never the cause of whatever the issue was. It was just it was Jamal somewhere around. Something bad was probably gonna happen. And Snoop, they were like brothers. They were together always. They stayed together, um, and, and, and stuff like that. But he would get in trouble, and he would come to work out something to do with crush it like i mean he would be laughing you know and doing the punishment at the same time they kind of pissed him off but i mean he didn't care because he was i mean it did it didn't bother him like you, he wasn't a guy that if he missed you could make him like run extra like that wasn't that's not punishment like running and rolling and all that stuff he was great at that like brandon brandon Bowles was the same way you couldn't break you couldn't break those dudes with running like running wasn't gonna no, we had probably half my team. If you made them run for doing something stupid or a discipline issue, you made somebody run, it'd be a waste of your time. The only real way to punish them would be to make them do those, the rolls for yards and yards and yards. That That's punishing. Yeah, see, that's not, but that's not even bad because, I mean. Shit, it was bad for me when I had to do it. No, dude, you can cheat those. Like, that's not, that, that's, no. Like, the real coaches that make, that really want to punish you, 
to do like make you roll. They'll make you roll with your hands on your hips, like with your hands by your side, like you know, like you're standing, you know, with your, with your hands flat out on your hips, like arms straight down. But like oh, Miss Coach, our coaches didn't do that. Like you can roll on your elbows. That was easy. You didn't really get sick that bad. You didn't have to throw up that much. Just roll on your elbows. I wish I knew this back in the day when I actually played football. Not that I was any good oh, at it, but dude. God. Trust me, bro. I got, I got, I had to roll so much in high school. I had to find a way to get at it. And then the second thing with rolling too is that some people just don't give a shit and they just try to roll as fast as they can. That is the absolute wrong thing to do. Take your time. A football field, uh, yeah. Football field is fifty-three and a third yards. You think about this. Imagine you start on the pylon and you roll to the five-yard line to the middle of the field. You probably just rolled about almost thirty-five yards and realistically lengthwise you've only went five yards so you you got to do a good job of staying straight and uh keeping those elbows uh keeping those elbows up man so you can stay off the ground i had a soft spot for jamal mosley i knew him all through recruiting knew him while he was at <laughs> old miss that was my guy and you're absolutely right everywhere he went something popped off but he was yeah, such sure. a good dude he was just around that stuff all he the was. time Great and dude, I, and i always think him and nick brazel are among those when you talk about the what if guys that came through Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, Nick sure. Brazel's obviously one of them, but Jamal Mosley's one of them too, because I think he's a lot like Kenny Boa. Yeah. And you know, I, I, our freshman year uh, was when Jamal came in. He uh, was his redshirt junior year. Um, there was not 30 guys on that team that really gave a shit about winning. Um, and that hurt a lot of junior college guys like him and Gilbert Pena and Uriah Grant because, like, those dudes are great teammates. Like, they were great teammates. They worked hard. Um, I love all those dudes. They're like brothers. But just to kind of see them go out like that, even though in 2012 we went out with a bang. Um, but had, had those guys took it more serious, I feel like those guys uh, could have probably lengthened their careers a little bit, um, to be honest with you, especially Jamal to, to – Jamal tonight to to be exact um, because he should have played more um, our freshman year. But, you know, guys like Ferb and EJ, um, we wasn't really a Jamal Mosley offensive team our freshman year, if that makes sense. If Nick Brazel had done everything right, clean as a whistle, where would he be right now? And I don't want to, and I I don't want to say that about coach because I don't, I don't know this for a hundred percent sure, but I'm almost 70 percent sure. Like, when those dudes got there, like they had like maybe two or three guys. Like, cause Coach Nick, you gotta think about this now. Coach Nick is still on, was still on the staff, still is on the staff now. Um, but you gotta think about all the guys or the list of guys that they were determined to run. They, no, they tried to run Denzel off now. Um, just just being honest. Speaking of, um, I talked to him, him two and, days ago. He's yeah. still making music in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, him and a couple more people, but I think Snoop was on the list of guys that they wanted to run off to kind of to kind of make an to kind of set an example. And it wasn't about they didn't want him on a team or nothing like that, but they were just gonna find, you know, those first couple months the guys that if you screwed up a little bit, you know, you were freaking skating on, you know, two centimeter ice, um, you know, or some guys you know were a little bit thicker, so. Um, I think that was one of the deals with him. But had that all that crap not happened, um, could you imagine uh, an offense with uh, with him, uh, a Dante, a Laquan, a Quincy, a Cody? <laughs> um, uh, uh, I mean, just dude, it, it was he was him and Tony Connor was probably <laughs> the only two dudes in my time at Ole Miss that from the day they stepped on campus, I'm like. Yeah, this dude's this dude's legit. Right. Like, he was and see, legit. I, I thought yeah. that he would still be playing in the league right now. As a cornerback, you're saying as a wide receiver, but I Shit. I thought he would still be Both. in the league. Yeah. Both. He'd be he'd be he would be in the NFL playing both sides of the ball. And I'm not sure I had to look at how many people's ever done that in their career. Um, but he would definitely be had the ability to do that. That's not even a debate. No, we're not even gonna sit here and and, and even talk about that like that wasn't something that would have happened for sure. I know you got to go, so I got one more question for you. All this tug of war with the staff, with the players, the one-on-one stuff with Lane, did that start at FAU? And just what what kind of plays into that? How did they get that started? 
it started a little bit with us. I mean, we did a little stuff like that as a staff. Um, but I think uh, he's finding a unique way to uh, to keep the staff uh, doing something because that was one of the things like GAs. Like I'm pretty sure the GAs are like still playing basketball. Um, that was like something that was like required. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a, if you wanted to do it. Um, we would do that like I don't know maybe once or twice a month. Um, and you know the the full time guys. I think it was kind of like mandatory that they kind of did something as a practice, whether it was working out or running or or whatever it was, because he runs every day after practice or does some type of cardio every day after practice. Um, so no, that's not surprised that he's doing stuff like that. He's always done stuff like that um, because uh, his whole deal is he don't want you trying to you know do stuff that you can't show the players how to do. Is there a benefit um, to like, it? Yeah, for a hundred percent. For one, it makes you as an old ass man stay in shape. That's one. That's number one. <laughs> that's number one. But number two, it, 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 it gets the kids, uh, you know, it gets them a little fired up because, like, okay, okay, like you know, seeing Coach Levy step up in the pocket, and, you know, throw a dime to somebody like that as a player, that's kind of cool. Freeze would do stuff like that. They would have like one on ones. Coach Womack was out there playing linebacker one day. Uh, Kane was out there a couple of times. Uh, Kane actually made a few plays. Coach Hurd never made any plays. Um, but Co- Kane Womack made a lot of plays uh, in the coaching sessions for sure. Bobby Massey's on his third or fourth contract. Dante, Mike, Kane's now the head coach of South Alabama. I'm telling you, you're old. You're going to Florida. Got the baby boy already getting a stance. Yeah, you're old. Hey, enjoy Florida. Thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, stay in touch. I will, bro. Appreciate you. Howdy, Tommy. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.